Exodus 16, verse 2, I'm reading out the NIV. It says, in the desert, this is the community of Israel. Let me back up. Children of Israel, as a time as they're walking through, going through the, the desert, wandering before going into the promised land is the setting of this text. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you help us as we read your word, as we get into your word, as we hear your word, Lord, to uh, help us to receive it, to apply it. Holy Spirit, minister to us. Lord, awaken our spirits. Open up our spiritual eyes, hearts, ears, and mind to receive, and again, the grace to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. What was a common word that you kept hearing in that text? Grumbling. You know what another word for grumbling is? Complaining. That's right. That's right. Y'all as sharp as those kids were this morning, too. Most of those kids knew that's what that meant, too. This scripture makes it very clear. Of course, we know the Lord hears everything, but the Lord hears when we grumble and complain. Isn't that right? The Lord hears everything, but he hears when we grumble and complain. But you know, it's really hard to grumble when your mouth is full of gratitude. It's really hard to grumble when your mouth is filled with gratitude. So tonight I want to talk to you about grumbling versus gratitude. Grumbling versus gratitude. And typically I like preaching out of the New Living Translation. Um, but tonight I'm reading a lot of the, the NIV because it uses the word grumbling instead of complaining. I'm going I'm to use some scriptures that talk about complaining as well. But grumbling versus gratitude. So let's look at a few facts right away that we see from just this text in Exodus. Number one, God takes grumbling personally. God takes grumbling personally. Let's look at verses 8 and 9 again. Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against them. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord because he has heard your grumbling. He makes it clear when we grumble and complain, be like, no, but I'm complaining about Jason. Well, I look at it this way. The Lord created Jason. The Lord made Jason and, and his image. So guess what? When I'm grumbling and complaining against Jason, which I've never done, brother, I love you, by the way. I'm grumbling against the Lord, right? I told the students this morning, I said, when you, because, you know, little kids especially, I have four of them myself. When you grumble and complain about your brothers and sisters, 
They put your brother, God put your brothers and sisters in that family. So when you complain about them, guess who you complaining about? The Lord. When you grumble and complain about your parents, I told them, God gave you those parents. Guess who you grumbling about? Okay, so now I'm talking to the big people tonight. Do you believe the Lord gave you your spouse? Y'all know where I'm going with this, right? When you grumble and complain, I believe 100% that the Lord gave my wife to me. Believe me, I married way up. I know the Lord gave me my wife. So when I grumble and complain about her, and I have, I'm not proud of it, but I have. Guess who I'm complaining about? Brother James is tracking with me, right? I'm, I'm, I'm complaining about, I'm actually complaining against the Lord. I think about that with our spouse. I think about Adam. But when God had Adam name all the animals, but he named all the animals what they are. And then, man, that, that woman walks up to him and he said, hey, this one's bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. He's, in, he's just intoxicated with Eve. Fast forward a couple of chapters. They fall into sin. What does he say? It's that woman you gave me. Now he's complaining about her, right? Right away. It's that woman you gave me. He's complaining about Eve, and he's actually complaining against the Lord because he says, you gave me that woman, and it's her fault that we sinned. So who is Adam really complaining against? The Lord, right? The Israelites were complaining against the Lord. Adam was, and, and we do too. Let me go a little step further. Stick out your toes. You believe the Lord led you to this church? You believe the body of Christ in general? Is, God, is, is the bride of Christ? So when you grumble and complain about people in the church, about your brothers and sisters, who are you really complaining against? I know if people are talking bad about my bride and complaining and grumbling against my bride, I don't take that too, too highly, right? So the Bible makes it clear, God takes grumbling and complaining personally. We can say, no, I'm not complaining against God. Ultimately, for the most part, we are. Unless you're complaining about the devil, 99.9% of the time, when you grumble and complain, it's against the Lord. Because, again, if our mouths are filled with gratitude, there's no room for grumbling. There's no room for complaining, right? So that's the first thing. God takes grumbling personally. Number two, grumbling will ultimately lead to rebellion. Grumbling and replaining will ultimately lead to rebellion against the Lord. Look at Psalm 106, verses 24 and 25. Speaking of the, the children of Israel, the same context that we're reading about, the psalmist is recounting this. He says, the people refused to enter the pre present land, for they wouldn't believe his promise to care for them. Instead, they grumbled in their tents and refused to obey the Lord. Their grumbling led to their rebellion. Their grumbling led to their rebellion. Think about this, guys. The grumbling versus gratitude. We know that, and let me just tell you, grumbling and complaining is from the evil one. I'll go as far as say it's demonic. When you're grumbling and complaining, you're being influenced by the devil. I'm going to just say it. I heard a pastor preach that straight up it's a demonic spirit. So when we're doing that, we know it comes from the evil one. Think about this. Jesus gave thanks on the way to the cross. Satan grumbled in the throne room of God. 
Jesus gave thanks to the Lord. He was still thankful on the way to the cross. Satan was in the very throne room of God with all the angels, a hierarchy of heaven, and he still grumbled and complained. And what happened? He started by grumbling. The Bible says in Isaiah that he said, I will, I will extend above the throne of God. I will be like the most high. He went from complaining. See, serving God wasn't enough for Satan. He was grumbling, complaining about serving God, and it turned into ultimate rebellion against God, which we know got him kicked out of heaven. Isn't that right? So our grumbling and complaining will ultimately turn into rebellion, ultimately to God. But, you know, that happens too. If you're grumbling and complaining about your boss at work, I'm going to go a little further. If you're grumbling and complaining about the government, you're ultimately going to rebel. I'm not saying you got to agree with everything. I don't agree with everything the government does by a long shot. No matter what party you're affiliated with, I don't agree with everything, right? But ultimately, if you start grumbling and complaining, it's going to lead to rebellion. You can grumble and complain all you want. That is 35 miles an hour on that street. But if you rebel, there's going to be consequences, right? You're still going to get a ticket. And you can complain about that ticket all the way to the courthouse. You're still going to have to pay it, right? Isn't that right? Grumbling and complaining ultimately will lead to rebellion, whether it's to the Lord, whether it's to your authority, whoever it may be, grumbling leads to rebellion. The third thing, and this is a subject I always love. I've always loved to talk about this when I was, from when I first got saved and started preaching to this very night. Number three, grumbling will steal your destiny. Grumbling and complaining will steal your divine destiny. Especially, I love talking about this this morning. You have all these little children, I mean like four-year-olds on the front row up to seventh graders. And, and, and I, loved, I love talking about destiny with little ones. They don't even know what I'm talking about, really. I believe their spirits are getting it, amen? I, I believe that even though they might not, their minds don't get it, they like talking in the front row. They, you know, I see the teacher like getting them, bringing them back to their seat and stuff. But, you know, I'm believing, I'm believing Miss Adams teaches in school. She's laughing back there like, you know. But I love talking about destiny because we all have a divine destiny, right? Well, Jason believes that. Every single one of us has a divine destiny, a plan, and a purpose. That brings comfort to me that I'm not just living aimlessly, that God had a plan, a purpose, and a design for me before I was even conceived in my mother's womb. And I love that. But grumbling and complaining, the Bible makes it clear, can rob us of that destiny. Look at Numbers 14 verses two through four. All the Israelites grumbled. Look at that. All, I, didn't, I just noticed this. Some say it was a million, million and a half people. The Bible says every single one of them were complaining. Could you imagine? Those of y'all that have kids, if you got a couple of kids complaining, isn't that annoying? Look, all the mamas are like, yep. I got four of them. And if two of them are complaining, it gets on my nerves. Can you imagine a million and a half people and all of them, the Bible says, were grumbling against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if we had only died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword to get killed? They're saying, our wives and our children will be taking us plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. There's that rebellion right there. You see it? I didn't even catch that there just now when I read it. There's the rebellion. They were murmuring, complaining, not a rebellion against the man of God that God placed in their lives. Their destiny was to live in the promised land, 
yet they rather be slaves. Their divine destiny was, was the promised land God had for them. God delivered them from Egypt, from their slavery, from their bondage, from all of this stuff. Their destiny was the promised land, yet they'd rather be slaves. Hey, let me say this. Speaking of our speech, what, what our mouth is full of, listen to me. Grumbling is the language of slaves. Gratitude is the language of sons. Let me say that again. Grumbling is the language of slaves. Gratitude is the language of sons and daughters. Let me add my sisters in here too, right? You know, it, it's, an, it's when we begin to speak, complaining and grumbling, we're, 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 we're in shackling or shackling ourselves again or ensnaring ourselves into the devil's slavery that the Lord delivered us out of, right? This whole story is a picture of us, y'all. This Exodus story is a picture of us. We were enslaved in, in sin. The Lord delivered us out. But sometimes we murmur and complain and, and grumble. And instead of speaking the gratitude, the language of heaven, like sons and daughters, we speak ourselves back into slavery. It wasn't only the Israelites. People in the New Testament, these guys that were walking and living with Jesus, they allowed their destiny to be robbed because of complaining. Look at John 6. Verses 6 through 7, 61, I'm sorry. It says, on hearing this, because Jesus, let me, let me just, Jesus, that's when Jesus was talking about, you know, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Now, given, if you didn't have revelation, that would have been a hard, <laughs> something hard, like eat his flesh and drink his blood. Like, what is he talking about? Like, they didn't understand what he, what he meant by the cross, and he was explaining the cross and salvation and whatnot. So it says, on hearing this, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to him, does this offend you? What you did. Now look at verse 66. If you drop down to 66, it says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Because of their grumbling and complaining, the Bible says they were grumbling. Jesus heard it. They, they were robbed of their destiny. Their destiny was supposed to be disciples and apostles. Some of these same guys that walked away, they might have books in the Bibles named after them. They, they, they might have been some of the 12. You never know. Or, or they could have been a part, maybe not the 12. I don't remember chronologically. The 12 might have been picked already. I'm not sure. But they could have been some of these guys. Maybe we read about in the book of Acts, maybe. But because they had an attitude and a heart of grumbling and complaining, I don't know what this guy is talking about. I would have just been asking him, okay, Jesus, this seems weird. What are you talking about, eat your flesh and drink your blood? But they had an attitude, complaining, they couldn't take it, and they were robbed of their divine destiny. Listen, church, I don't want myself, because I'm just as guilty as anybody of, of murmuring and complaining, for sure. I don't want my divine destiny to be robbed because of my attitude, because of grumbling instead of being grateful. What about you? So before we leave tonight, let me just give you four ways to get free from grumbling and complaining. Number one, like anything, it starts with a choice. Choose to be grateful instead of grumbling. We got to make a choice to choose that, you know what, I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be thankful instead of complaining. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 17 says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful or grateful, you can say, in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. Listen, y'all, when you're grumbling, you're outside of the will of God. You probably knew that already. But when you're grumbling and complaining, that's not God's will for you. Because the opposite of that is being grateful. And 
Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul makes it clear, God's will is for us to be thankful, is to be grateful, not, not, to, not to complain. I had a teacher walk up to me after chapel this morning and came up to me and she said, you know, you know and I, we love to, as preachers to hear this, like, you must have been tapping my house last night. I was like, no, ma'am, I'm not into that kind of stuff. I really wasn't. I was like, I, I'm just, you know, I felt like the Lord, you know, of course, you know, we're joking. She said, but she was talking about, man, this has been going on in my household. Me, she was, she was honest about it. And she said, you know, the thing about it is, is that when I start complaining, I can feel a change in me. Like I, I feel different. I start feeling heavy. You, 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 do you sense that? It's, it's not fun to either be the one complaining and murmuring, right, or to be around somebody. You ever get around somebody that's murmuring and complaining? And I'm going to get into that in a little bit, you know. It's so, you know, but it's not God's will. So when we, anytime we go against God's will, the atmosphere changes in us or in our home or anywhere we're at, right? Listen, we got to make a choice to focus on the things that we need to be thankful for. The more you focus on what you're grateful for, the less you look at what you can complain about. The more you focus on what to be grateful for, the less you'll complain you can complain, look at what's, what you can complain about. Of course, we can complain a lot about a lot of stuff, you know? I, you, it's kind of a common saying. Are you ever go up to somebody, hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? Oh, I can't complain. You ever heard somebody say, oh, I can't complain? Even if I did, nobody would listen, right? They right. I don't want to listen. I surely, I don't like listening to people complain. And again, I'm guilty. I can tell people. And I, 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 there's been times where I've gotten home and I start complaining and ranting about something. And I could just see it on my wife's face like, I don't want to hear this, you know? It's like, don't, you know, kind of like, go back outside, come back inside, let's try this again, you know? Hey, honey, welcome home, you know? Stop complaining. But we got so much to be thankful for, right? Let's focus, let's make a choice. I'm going to be grateful instead of grumbling, instead of complaining, right? Number two, which I just kind of mentioned, is like we have to surround ourselves with the right people. You got to surround yourself with grateful, faith-filled people. Not murmuring and complaining and belly aching people. Look at uh, Numbers 11.4. Look, th- th- this is powerful. Then the foreign rabble who was traveling with the Israelites began to gra- crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also, that's a, that's, that's a key word. The people of Israel also began to complain. Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. Listen, the Israelites complained because they were influenced by the people around them. It says that the foreigners begin to complain first. And then it says the Israelites also begin to complain. So it was the people that they had around them. When you have people around you that murmur and complain, if you stay in that atmosphere, it's going to drag you down. You're going to start complaining and murmuring and, and grumbling as well, right? That's why we have to choose to surround ourselves with the right kind of people. Listen, grumbling is infectious. Gratitude is contagious. Grumbling is infectious. It's, it's like an infection. But, you know, gratitude is, is contagious. You know, I, I use this. It's similar. Um, I, we, you know, we have people that and, and come to our church from other churches, which I know people leave different seasons of life and people who leave from this church and go to other churches. That's fine. People, seasons change. But I have people, there's people that come here from other churches, and you've heard me probably say this, and they, 
They begin to complain about maybe the leadership at another church. Over the years, of course, after being in ministry for over 12 years, I've become friends with a lot of pastors. When I was a youth pastor, you've heard me say I used to meet with local youth pastors once a month. Still friends with those guys. I've made more friends with associate pastors and lead pastors. And I, when people come in, it's like, yeah, what church you went to? I went to this church. Okay, well, what brings you to family life? Well, you know, that church, they did this. And that guy, he did this. And I'm like, oh, that guy? Oh, man, I love him. I was like, man, he's a good brother. We have lunch once a month. I really love that guy. And you can see it on their faith. It just kills it. It kills it. As I, I let them know, I don't want to hear you complaining about my brother. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And so, you know what, I, man, I, I appreciate that brother. Man, they're doing a, that, that's an awesome church. They're doing a great work over there, you know. And I just, I try to, I try to kill that. And so, one, you can be thankful for your brothers, your sisters, your husband, your wife, your house, the things that you have. Listen, I, speaking of, this is very, very on, on a more, uh, on, on a, um, uh, I guess a, a more, I don't know, vanity, I guess would be a word, a very carnal level. The first house my wife and I bought was a little 1978 spec home. And for those of y'all that, you know, maybe a little bit older, you remember, like in the 70s, they had what was called that, like that shag carpet. It's kind of long and brown. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so we bought our first house and we had, still had that, that brown carpet in the living room, you know? And so after living there for a few years, started wanting to do some renovations, you know, we started complaining about our carpet. Complaining, man, this old carpet, man, we want to, we want some new carpet, we want some wood floors. You know, it's like, man, this carpet's nasty and started complaining and grumbling. Then I went on a mission trip and I went up in the mountains and this indigenous people in Mexico and they live in shacks and they literally have dirt floors that they live on. And it's amazing. They sweep their dirt floors. If you've ever been to a third world country, they sweep their dirt floors. When I got back home and I saw that, that carpet, I realized in my house, I lived in a mansion compared to these people. I got so convicted. I remember crying one morning because I was so convicted for complaining and grumbling about my, my old shag carpet. And these people are, I mean, just as happy as can be to sweep their dirt floors, you know, and it just began, Lord, I thank you for my house. I thank you for what you've blessed we and me and my family with. Listen, you know, it goes back to surrounding yourself with the right people. You got to surround yourself with people. If people are always complaining and, and, and grumbling around you, one, you, again, gratefulness is contagious. You can try to spread like, hey, man, we got a lot to be thankful for, man. Look, the Lord has blessed us, this and that. And if it gets to the point where it feels like you, they're bringing you down, you just, you need to move on. Find you some new friends. Find, you know the old saying, misery loves company? Complaining loves company too. Proverbs 13, 12 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. You associate with people like that, it's going to end up getting you in trouble, right? Number three, celebrate what is instead of complaining what isn't. I know that's probably not grammatically correct, but celebrate what is instead of complaining about what isn't. Let me say it another way. Be thankful for what you have instead of complaining about what you want or what you don't have, like me with my old carpet, right? Look at Psalm 16, 5 and 6. I love this scripture. Lord, you alone, this is King David speaking. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. The land you have given me, Lord, is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. David was celebrating all that the Lord had given him, right? 
I mean, obviously he learned from the children of Israel. He just had a, or David was just a man after God's heart and had a grateful heart. He was thankful. He was celebrating and thankful for all that the Lord had given him. Hey, think about this about the Israelites. What would have happened if the Israelites would have celebrated their deliverance instead of complaining about their dinner? What would have happened? They could have been celebrating a great deliverance the Lord brought them out of. Instead, they were complaining about their dinner. They were sick and tired of the, 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 the food that they were eating, the bread. And so I get it. You know, you, you eat leftovers for three or four nights. It gets old. I get it. 40 years, that would probably be a struggle. I definitely, I get that. You know, I remember my dad used to always tell me, when we complain about the food we was eating, how many of y'all heard this? They got starving children all over the world. How many of y'all heard that? And you, go, and you complaining about your food, you know? And guess what? I say the same thing to my kids, right? I remember my parents telling me, you know, you're not going to know what it's like to have kids of your own. I'm like, yeah, right. Like uh, all those things they told me I get tired of hearing. Now I say the same thing to my kids. You ain't going to throw that away. They got starving kids all over the world. Like, oh, my gosh, I sound just like my dad, you know? And so, but it's true, right? Be thankful. They got literally, and they literally do. I mean, they got kids starving, you know? And it's like, man, and we complaining because we eating leftover steak, Right? And, and, and chicken and deer meat. And I was like, man, we got so much to complain about, you know? Really where we should have a lot to be grateful for. Second Corinthians 4.18 says, so we fix our eyes on what is, see- what is, let me start all over. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You know, all of us have a lot of things in life, right, that we can be thankful for and have gratitude for. All of us do. But, you know, the most important thing that we have is eternity. The Apostle Paul is talking about eternity. You know, we can complain about things here on the earth and all that that we see. But, man, if we focus, one, we have a lot to be thankful for, right? But if you focus, let's say everything around you is falling apart. And I like, Brandon, I got the right to complain about this. This is just my job's jacked up. My family's jacked up. I'm broke. My car just died on me. You know, all this kind of stuff. Man, we got eternity to look forward to. If we focus on what is unseen. You know, I heard a young man say one time, and this is powerful. He said, you know, really, if you think about it, eternity starts the day you get saved. Think about that. Eternity starts the day because when you get, once you get saved and you're born again, it went, even though your physical body when it shuts down, like you say, you're really not dying. You're just changing addresses, right? You're just crossing over. Paul said, absent of the body is presence of the Lord. So from the day you get saved, eternity starts. We're just going to cross over, amen? So if we focus on that, just that in itself, I've often said it, if the Lord would have saved us and that's it and did nothing else for us, we'd still have, we'd be etern- we still can be eternally grateful. But I know a lot of y'all in this room and all of us, the fact that you're sitting here, you got clothes on your back. You probably drove here tonight, right? You're probably either going to go eat at a restaurant or you'll go home to, to uh, maybe a hot meal. Or even, I mean, hey, man, peanut butter jelly can be a blessing, right? I mean, just that. We all, I mean, the Lord's done so much more for us, right? There's so much more to be, be thankful for. So listen, let's celebrate what we have. Let's be grateful and thankful for what we have with the Lord's blessings instead of complaining about what we don't have or what we want, right? And then the fourth and the final thing, which when all else fails, repent. Repent. That's number four. I, I, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say every single person in this room has complained about something at some time or another. I'm going to probably go out on a limb and say some of us in here have probably done that today. Maybe while you were driving on the way over here, right? 
How many of you complain about the person that cut you off or that, that red light? Or, man, listen, I'm telling you, you, you drive, people are laughing like, oh, man, I didn't tap your car either. I'm not bugging your car like that. You know, I, look, can I confess to you? I feel horrible even saying it. The other day I was, you know, it seems like you get more frustrated on the road when you're in a hurry. You ever notice that? The other day I'm driving and this truck just took forever to just come in my lane and like cut me off. And I'm like, what is he doing? And I'm like going over the round and I'm driving, I'm looking and to see who it is. And it's like this old man just driving the truck. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, I feel so bad. You know, just like, Man, I, our license should get revoked for complaining and grumbling. So we should get a suspended license for that. Mine would be suspended right now. I'd be asking somebody off a ride home tonight. Like, really, for that, that thing right there. And it's like, I had to repent of that. Like, and I'm, re- I'm, I'm confessing my sin before y'all so that I may be healed, right? But I felt horrible. Like, here's this little elderly man driving his truck, and I'm, I'm complaining because he cut me off and is going slow and all that. It's like, why are you that much in a hurry anyway, you know? Right? Y'all are laughing because y'all do it too, right? Y'all know it's true. I saw you laughing. But it's true. I have to repent. And I was just like, man, even now I'm like, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. That's, there's really no need for that. You know, little things like that, that we complain about, that we murmur about. Matthew 4, 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come. I just want to encourage you as we close tonight. If you've been grumbling instead of being grateful, I want to encourage you to, to repent. I know I need to. I mean, I, I, I complain. I know I grumble. When I, when I studied this message, I'm preaching it for the second time. Look, I needed to hear it twice today, right? I'm being serious. Like, it, it, this is something that could really, really hinder our walk with the Lord, our relationships with others. You know, talking about influencing people and making a difference. Man, nobody, I'm telling you, wants to be around a complaining person. Do you, do you like being around people that complain all the time, that grumble, that always have a negative attitude? No, nobody likes to be around that person. So let's not be that person. Let's act all the forgivers. Come on, you have a divine destiny. You have a powerful calling and a purpose in your life. And we saw both in the Old Testament and the New, murmuring, complaining, could rob us of that destiny that God has for us. And he wanted to go back into slavery. Those guys turned away from Jesus because they were grumbling, complaining, and, and didn't understand. And let me say this. A lot of times we complain about things that we don't understand. We can be critical of things we don't understand, but I'll say that. We complain about people and things because we don't understand them. Hey, listen, instead of complaining about it, let's inquire to try to learn about it. Learn about them as a person. Hey, why they act the way they act? Why they do the way they do? You know, it goes back to, hey, you know, ask yourself, pray, and hey, what's really going on in that person's life? Why is that person acting like that? You know, instead of complaining about them and slandering their name and grumbling about them, Come on, let, let, let's, let's ask the Lord to show us what's really going on. What, what's going on inside of their life? What have they been through? What's their story? Pastor Todd often says that. When he sits down in a place, he thinks, man, what's that person's story? Why are they doing what they're doing? Why are they acting the way they act? What's their story? And, you know, just going back to be thankful. You know, man, we can, we can complain about stuff, but you look around and say, man, you know what? You, you might be eating leftovers tonight. But again, I'm just using that as an example. They got some people that are wondering where, the, where their meal's coming from tonight, right? You know, you might, man, I need a new vehicle. I want a new vehicle. Got some people that are taking the bus tomorrow to work or riding a bike, right? The fact that, man, we still drive in vehicles and have a house to live in when the flood happened. How many of y'all were thankful for a dry home when the flood happened, right? Look, I got just a little inkling about six months after the flood, 
my uh, my AC leaked and it flooded my AC closet and all my sheetrock got wet and, and got molded and, and you want to guess what I did? I complained a little bit. Or maybe I lied to ask Robbie. I called Robbie. Robbie's house flooded and after my, I was calling him for counseling. I was getting some, I was getting some advice, but I was like, and then I'm like going off about this stuff and I'm thinking, this guy's whole house flooded about six months before. Who am I to complain? It made me thankful that, hey, just my closet got wet, not my entire house, right? And so when you think about complaining, always think it could always be worse, right? So let's go ahead and stand and we're going to repent together. We're going to pray together, right? Come on, remember, grumbling is the language of slaves. Gratefulness is the language of sons and daughters. Come on, what, which one are we, saints? Come on, we children of the most high God, right? I don't want to be enslaved again. So whatever head bowed, every eye is closed. Come on, let's pray and repent right now. And let's ask the Lord. I know I'm guilty. I just, I confess some of my sin to you and some of the times I've, I've complained. And there's, there's many more, way, way more than I'd like to admit. But let's just ask the Lord right now. Let's pray. Father, we just ask for your forgiveness. Come on. And you might have complained today on the way here. Something maybe has popped in your head since I've been talking about this. And you know, maybe there's something you've been complaining or grumbling about on a continuous basis. And you know it's affecting your relationship with the Lord. It's affecting your emotional state. It's affecting maybe your relationship with your spouse, your children, your co-workers. Because maybe you have that grumbling and that complaining spirit and attitude about you. Let's ask the Lord to forgive us. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you would forgive us, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, personally. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me for grumbling, for complaining. Instead of being grateful, Lord. I ask that you would forgive us, Lord, that you would change our hearts, soften our hearts. Lord, break the the demonic influence, Lord, that that tries to capture us and catch us and then lead us to want to complain and grumble when we have so much to be grateful for, Lord, so much to be thankful for. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us, change our hearts, help us, Lord, as we... As we have our eyes closed, when we open our eyes, I pray supernaturally, Lord God, we begin to see everything we got to be thankful for instead of looking at things that we think we, should, we, we have the right to complain about, Lord. Change our hearts. Soften our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name. Now, now with your head still bowed and closed, let me just, let me ask you. Jesus said again in that scripture, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. If you've never repented of your sins in general, The kingdom of heaven is in us and amongst us as believers. But you know, one day we're we're, we're, we're all going to pass away. Or the Lord will come back and get us. And those that have not repented of their sins and turned their life to him won't be able to enter that eternity we were talking about earlier. If you in here tonight, you say, Brent, I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if tonight would be my last night on this earth. You know, we see tragedies in the news again last week where innocent people lost their lives. I'm not trying to scare you, but if something like that tragically happened to you, none of us are promised tomorrow. And if that something tragic happened to you where you breathed your last, where would you spend your eternity? The Bible makes it clear it's either heaven or hell. The Lord loves us so much. He sent his son to die for us that we can spend eternity in heaven. But Jesus himself said we must repent which means to turn away from our sin, confess it, and turn to him. So whatever head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I'm ready for eternity, if I'm ready to meet my maker, but I want to make sure if that's you, I want to pray with you. Why don't you just slip up your hand, and we're going we're gonna to pray with you. 
We want to we want to pray with you tonight to help you. Anybody in here? I see your hands in the back. Anybody else? Anyone else? You say, man, I need to I need to get right with God. I'm not right with the Lord. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Come on, well, let's pray. We're gonna pray for these young men in, in the back. We're all gonna pray as a family. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. So let's pray together, Lord Jesus. Lord, I repent of my sin. I ask that you forgive me. Lord, I receive the free gift of salvation. I receive your love. I make you the king of my heart tonight. I surrender to you. I give you my life. I give you my all. Now, Lord, give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we give them a round of applause and give God glory. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you prayed it and you didn't raise your hand, and you, there's a card in the pew in front of you that says, I made a decision. Do me a favor, fill that card out and drop it off in the info center on your way out, or you can come bring it to me up here. I'd love to meet you and pray with you. And hey, before we leave, let me give you one more scripture. Proverbs 18:21. Most of you know the scripture. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death, so those who love it will eat of its fruit, right? So remember, we're talking about grumbling versus gratitude. That all comes out of our mouth, right? So whatever we speak, we're going to eat the fruit of it, right? So we can either sow seeds of complaining and grumbling, and we will reap, we'll eat the fruit of that, or we can sow seeds of gratitude and, and, and reap the fruit of that, right? I believe the more we're thankful for things, the more God blesses us with things. And I don't mean with just material things. I mean peace and grace and relationships and health and wholeness. Amen. And it could be extra things as well. You know, but I believe that. That life and death is in the power of the tongue. So let's be sons and daughters of the Lord that speak gratitude and thankfulness instead of grumbling and complaining. Amen. Let me pray over you as you go. Father, I pray over these as they go. Lord, all my brothers and sisters, thank you for these that gave their life to you tonight. I pray be with them as they go. Help us to always have thankful hearts and may words of gratitude come off of our lips. Be with them. Protect them as they go tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless y'all. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. Y'all have a wonderful night.